the odds of success in small business, whatever it is, first time are pretty slim, to be honest. Um, and that's one of the things that I want to encourage people to recognize is, um, but going to these shows like this, if you get to talk to these people, that's what gives you the motivation to get better. And you live. Gary Books, longtime Overdrive contributor, former owner-operator, now turned business coach for a myriad of both new and more experienced owners. Well, Gary knows of what he speaks with regard to the notion that first-time small business owners are like as not to fail first time out. There's a reason he went on to success in trucking, after all. His first forays as a, as a young man in agriculture didn't go so well. But yet, a first-time failure doesn't mean the drive to success stops in his tracks. And what he's finding this week in, in that regard, on site at the Walcott Truckers Jamboree in Iowa, is a prime subject for today's edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast. Thanks for joining us, as always. I'm Todd Dills, your host for today. And as I recently told owner-operator Eric Vallett out of Northern California, there are a ton of different ways to cover a truck show from a journalism perspective. When you can't be on the ground yourself, as is definitely the case for me with the big show at the Iowa truck stop this week, sometimes you can borrow a pair of eyes and ears, this time around a voice of clarity, as it were, as a fine substitute. That's Gary Books, this week, owner-operators, speaking this morning from the restaurant at Iowa 80. Well, day two is going to be a little bit wet, um, and I know that the communities, the states, the farmers out here, they are really feeling blessed to be able to get some rain it's not a blowing storm just a um, kind of a drizzly day a little bit mm -hmm. but the temperature is going to be nice and it won't interfere a lot with people walking around if they have a little umbrella and, and i'm sure there'll be some breaks in the weather and, and inside the uh exhibition tent in the building um a lot of a lot of fellowship on day one, Thursday, July 14th, Books took in the multitudes of show-quality working trucks on display, visited with the FMCSA then for a talk over training with other owner-operators. Training the trainers and testing and certifying. Not only I mentioned that, and I, I brought up that the supervisors of those people need to be also Books has seen recruiting successes for OTR and more local work for a medical waste haul company, an operator in search of a solid, steady job after personal difficulties. The gentleman walked up and he had gotten his CDL and had all the endorsements, but he, after he got it, his mother became ill and he had to take care of family. Mm -hmm. But he was looking for a job now and they right away talked to him about, um, they have straight trucks and how he could be home every day and things like that and um hourly pay you know so right. very predictable um right. you know good time off like four day work week for him so it was like fate that he walked in and they're like we have an opening right in your area and there's much more including plenty of business discussion that pointed books down the road to a conclusion that the drive to small business ownership in trucking is alive and well, no matter how difficult succeeding in that drive might get. 
We'll get to that for sure, but before we dive into it fully, here's Gary Book speaking to the real value of taking the time to visit with peers in an event, like the Walcott Truckers Jamboree or any of the myriad shows all around the nation through the spring, summer, and fall of every single year. You learn so much more when you're face-to-face -face with people right. and you get that um, interaction. You, you can't replace that with online or on the phone uh, generally. And, um, you know, maybe after you build the relationship, yeah. you can, but, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be going on, you know, Saturday, they expect to be the big family day yeah. out here and yeah. they've got some music and, and other things planned, of course. Uh, but even if a driver, um, uh, that hears this is driving through, uh, just to stop and do like a, a two-hour break split for their log and you know and two or three, take a yeah. quick walk around. I'm, I, it's worth it. It yeah. really is. It's inspiring and it will give you positive energy to uh, yeah. help you feel better about your work and the business and the and the, the future for your for your history. You know, going forward, I really yeah. think that's what's one of the benefits. So today. Taking the temperature of small business trucking with Gary Bucks at the Walcott Truckers Jamboree. After you get through this edition of Overdrive Radio, be sure to look him up on overdriveonline.com. That's Gary Bucks, B-U-C-H-S. He's been a multi-year regular contributor to the Overdrive Extra blog, likewise our Partners in Business series with the business consultants over at ATBS. And as suggested earlier, nobody's quite so perceptive when it comes to how our own personal psychologies can work both for and against us when it comes to business matters. Here's Books setting up a little of what he's hearing from owner-operators all around the show in Iowa. People are in a great uh, mood, great attitudes about where they are in, in life and uh, even the industry, as much as we hear a lot of the complaining, the truth is out here, uh, when you get among the people, uh, they, they really don't um, express, you know, they have their daily concerns, sure. but the yeah. majority of people here are really uh, quite positive with their attitudes. In spite of... Um the challenges that exist for uh, you know everyone um, particularly when it comes to the, uh, the cost of fuel you know the cost of parts still still difficulty um, sourcing parts I mean all these these problems are are shared by everyone and you know and kind of in spite of that I think uh, I, I found the same thing when I was out in California um, it's kind of like you know people are still upbeat because you know, things are otherwise humming along and um, there's still money to be made and they're, they're doing it. The people who are prepared uh, for business mm -hmm. and run their business as a business are doing quite well. That's not to say the challenges aren't extant and particularly for operators in California, big legal questions loom around the any day now, impending labor law changes throwing a wrench into independent contractor relationships with any leased owner-operators. 
Small fleets I spoke to out in California at the AJ Sosa Memorial Truck Show a couple weeks ago underscored those points, but nonetheless remained upbeat about business prospects, quite in spite of it. Could get pretty costly, though, when it comes to legal fees and other adjustments made to preserve existing contractor relationships, depending on the route taken. Gary Bucks referenced then a conversation with Jimmy Navarez about his preparations for handling AB5 with several contractors hauling for his Angus transportation business, in addition to himself. Navarez is in Walcott too with Freightliner's Team Run Smart program, of which he's long been a partner. That was one of the more extended conversations as he's um, challenged with the changes for his company being in California. Right, right. And he explained that. I don't want to... I don't want to disclose a lot of details because I don't want to make Jimmy a target of something because he's, he mentioned, um, because, you know, I can't give legal advice, right. you know, and just because he's doing something, um, he has hired a lawyer, um, but he's got a plan. He didn't wait. He's got his plan in place, working through those problems as a business owner and as a person who cares about the people that, that work with him. Henry Albert was there also, and a lot of people know his name. I uh, I learned quite a bit about some of the new trucks, you know, technology, uh, and what's going on. And I have to be honest, uh, some of that I did not did not know. You know, there's always things to learn. You have to be open-minded. Uh, we can't re, you know, change is going to be inevitable. There's a lot of positive things about the new equipment that's coming out. That you know, we don't want to be going the whole negative attitude, you know, as Cliff Peterson says, the automatic negative, you know, right, thinking. Right. and um, so had a good visit with Marty Ellis at the Oida trailer okay. and uh, they're, they've got, I think, strong interests. You know, there's still a lot of people in the industry that don't understand um, organizations like Oida or Nastic and, you know, because they're so somewhat isolated in their truck, and if they're not in a network of people that um, they can talk about these things, they see the ads, they see this, but they don't understand the services as well as maybe they could benefit from. A gentleman named Travis, who oversees the fuel program for OIDA, for example, and uh, probably go back and spend a little time today learning a little more I asked if I come back and sit down privately about how their fuel program works to help their members sure and try to make that investment in time while I'm here yeah it's um, the, um it's a, it's tied to a it's a fuel card type of program right right yeah to remember you know, yeah. and yeah, and, and, you know, there's multiple programs out there. Yeah. And for the smaller or more independent operator that's not in a lease situation, uh, these are valuable tools. And you, mm-hmm. you, it's interesting. We find a lot of times, it, it's like a couple of friends. Yeah, I've been talking about doing this for five years, and I just I, I just haven't got the trigger to, you know, the, the motivation right. to pull the trigger. And yeah, and whatever we're talking, whatever the case may be, you know, any change, right. that, you know, is on the horizon that you've been thinking about. It's just like, yeah, that happens so many times. It's just that procrastination instinct. Right. That is one of the great benefits to people 
uh, who attend an event like this. Uh, if you're a trucker or a trucker family, uh, you know, in the business, uh, whatever business you're in, the, to attend an event like this or Louisville, you know, these things, they are great ways not only to learn, to meet people, to just socialize, but it can become that that motivation to make that move that you've talked about or thought about in, for even years right. to improve in your business because that self-accountability um, and that's something that I find that uh, I've become for the people I work with is sort of a, uh, not just sort of, an accountability partner. Hey, I need to catch up my bookkeeping. Well, guess what? Within a couple of days, they send me a no and say, hey, um, got it caught up after talking to you. Because that, <laughs> they, it's, that, it's that accountability, someone, it's like my wife, you know, Marcia, you know, she holds me accountable. Care quite sure. often, I should say, it, it's part of the psychology. So, nope. um, I happened to bump into uh, Brett Noack, the uh, truck mm -hmm. owner that's originally from East Germany that you Brett and I Jack. met last year. Gary Bucks is referring there, and you heard me mention her company's name, the owner and operator of Brett Cat Express out of Florida, Britta Novak. Recipient last year of the Trucking Industry Trailblazer Award from the Real Women in Trucking Organization. She's such an upbeat person, and we we ran into each other uh, at the uh, FMCSA uh, booth. Yeah, booth there, yeah. and a lot of really good people there with the FMCSA. Don't again, people. That's how you learn. You talk to people; they are there to help you. Um, and they want to hear what you're thinking. You know, when we get these comment periods to express, and they ask us a lot of questions, they talk to us about the driver training, for example, both Brett and I, what we thought. And we express, you know, similar but slightly different ideas. Britta wants to, quite interestingly, she's pursuing the idea of trying to self-insure through a bond could hire um, some drivers that need training because it's so hard to insure a new driver and so she's been I have to tell you that's a that's a big undertaking to think about but she her background in that she feels like like some people that you've interviewed and met to help those who have not had the opportunities in life that uh, come from a, a hard background, you know, maybe they they had some minor problems with the law or maybe they didn't have a strong family background or community support, you know, whatever the case. And so people like that, that are willing to take that personal investment to help, as I like to say, we help even one person, you know, maybe that was, what we were supposed to do in life right so so the fmcsa people they wanted to know a lot about the the trainings about that and we expressed some ideas and everyone has ideas about it i know that you guys got into a conversation about ways to sort of ideas to possibly strengthen the uh the, strengthen, the training absolutely the training program right. that's in place now yeah 
We talked about training the trainers and testing and certifying. Not only I mentioned that, and I I brought up that the supervisors of those people need to be also trained to just assume these things are going to be done correctly. To just make that assumption that trainers, supervisors are up to par, well, better required standards might be in order. That's what Bucks is getting at there. The entry-level driver training rule that went into effect in February this year doesn't exactly establish new training requirements for those who train CDL drivers themselves. Generally, state requirements that exist for trainers need to be met. Yet for Gary, Bucks, and I know many others, there's a feeling that better standards might well be in order in that regard. Bucks mentioned comment periods earlier, too. Just a quick note that the speed limiter comment period is set to close this coming Monday for those who haven't gotten their thoughts reflected in the record as yet. FMCSA is asking a bevy of specific questions about the ECM technology that allows top speed settings within the trucks of the last couple decades and more. But I know many owners have taken the opportunity to comment on the very fact that the agency seems intent on moving forward with the mandate to utilize speed settings. No doubt, an unpopular move among a great deal of the owner-operator world as it is. Find a link to comment via overdriveonline.com. You'll see my colleague Alex Lockie's story there about the 2020 split sleeper change if you're listening ahead of July 18th, no doubt. There's a link at the bottom of that story to the speed limiter docket. As for the stars of the Walcott show this year, as every other, Gary Bucks noted one of last year's small fleet champ finalists, Rob Hellhan, is in attendance and showing off his always pristine equipment. There's a whole lot more, no doubt. I, and there's so many beautiful pieces of equipment. Um, you know, just pictures do not do them justice. Yeah. And what's honest. the participation look like um, this year, Gary? Is it about the same know, as it was last year? It's Pretty about. Good. About the same as last year, yeah. uh, several of the owners mentioned, you know, because they communicate with people that do this. Mm-hmm. They think that there are people that the price of fuel, that's the only time I heard anything about fuel. They said they thought the price of fuel did prevent a few people from um, coming and bringing their show truck. Making the trip, uh, yeah. And uh, making that trip. Uh because of of that you know they're just too far away or can't justify the expense you know, yeah right yeah. if they're not got a you know load yeah. that comes through and i i was getting just kind of wandering slowly back towards the parking lot and i this beautiful truck i sent a picture to you conrad shade shade i think that's how he says it from anamosa iowa cattle okay. farmers uh, I think he said they raised about 3,000 head a year, spent three and a half years rebuilding that um, Peterbilt. And he loved the old style. He said, I took as many things off of the, the truck. It was a 2020. So I took as many things off of it as I put back on it to make <laughs> it more old school. Um, it is a glider that he built. It's uh, got a cat in it and um, painted, the engine's painted white and the purple, the, the oh, just, yeah. is, it is just, it is a work of art. And he's, and his family, you know, he talked about spending that three and a half years, a lot of time, you know, and uh, 
the family getting involved and and it was almost like he was expressing towards the end it was like his wife get it done <laughs> you know <laughs> just get it done uh they used to haul for other people cattle uh they just pretty much do their own uh hauling for their own agricultural okay. business now really is a beauty of a 2020p it's the work again of conrad shada that's s-h-a-d-a find a picture of it in the post that houses this podcast for july 15th 2022 via overdrive online.com radio one of the families i walked by and was talking uh brought their working truck you know then there's there's yeah. quite a few working um show trucks most of the trucks out there yeah, i'd say the large majority are are, are working the trucks right yes they that's, are that's always how it is lot. Yeah. yeah and a lot of them are much fancier right. and more elite than others but a couple and i think they had their grandson with them from nebraska and uh you know they look crack in the front fender and you know and it was like it was it was kind of cute they were like she was like apologizing for her <laughs> truck not being so fancy and and i wasn't I, i'm like i i think it's wonderful you brought this truck you got a million and seven hundred thousand miles on it and right and you've obviously taken great care of it and it's clean and it shows it shows people the dedication that the people, the owners uh, have in this industry, the commitment for years and years. Um, and, you know, and I talk a lot about having, you know, balance between work and life. And I'm going to say it this way. They had the, they, people like that, they have the right kind of pride in their truck, in their equipment, themselves, their family, uh, community. And I will call that work life. Their life, it's not, it's both. You know, they do, they get away in their own fashion to do their, you know, private uh, family time, but it might be going to the truck show. It might, that may be their vacation that they, you know, re regenerate themselves. And that's wonderful because that's the kind of thing that keeps this industry grounded, as I put it. Um, we talk a lot about the, you know, mega carriers taking over and so on and so forth. My personal opinion is in this country with the, I don't see us ever losing that drive to become that small owner of a business or a uh, position that, you know, it's just part of our ingrained sense of, um, I don't want to call it duty. I'm trying to right. just our culture. It's our culture. And uh, I, I talked to several people who had gotten a truck, had an accident, got put out of business uh, because of the hardship or mm -hmm. started their business and failed, but they were there with the personal instinct and drive to pursue that path again to come back and, and acknowledge yeah. right acknowledging uh the mistakes they made you know the odds of success in small business whatever it is first time are pretty slim to be honest 
Um, and that's one of the things that I want to encourage people to recognize is, uh, but going to these shows like this, if you get to talk to these people, that's what gives you the motivation to get better. And you learn yeah. so much. Here's something we see you down the road. The next one. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. Edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter and Overdrive contributor, Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The podcast is backed up further by our own news editor, Matt Cole, social media coordinator, Holly Young, and executive editor, Alex Lucky. We'll see you at the next one.